On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up. Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Admittedly, today, going to run the risk of coming off as a meathead, as boorish, as insensitive. But we need to try and have a discussion where we can separate the issue of player safety with what brings us into watching the game of football every week and is what turns pro football into a billion-dollar industry and the most watched entity in this country. Because right now, there is a back and forth. There is a lack of give and take that is not sustainable. And at some point, there's going to have to be some sort of loosening of this concrete or we're going to go spiraling out of control with this game, this sport, based on violence that I'm not sure we're going to fully be able to present in its most pure form. Ken Levick alive on a Monday here on ESPN 106.3. Free ESPN happen on your smart speaker and at John Levine Action and Attorney Studios. Downtown West Palm Beach, right off of the gorgeous and sparkling Intracoastal Stone Labanowitz Friday Night Lights Radio Life Partner. He runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. Theodore CWPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. He is in for his regular Monday spot. Well, eventually, because his his queen, Ashley, has suffered an injury, and so she's getting that checked out. She will be in here, or he will be in here at some point. She will not be in here, I imagine, because she's a little bit uh, a little bit banged up. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But, uh, but Theo will be in here uh, in a moment. Stone, you played the sport of football for an awful long time. You played at the Division I college level at Southern Illinois. At its core, the sport of football, how would you best describe it? If you could use one word to describe the sport of tackle football, how would you describe it? That's a good one. Um, I'd go vicious, to be honest with you. Just based off of the kids in the locker room, where they come from, and kind of what the ultimate goal is out there, 11 on 11. I was going to go with another V word, but I think that works. You say vicious, I say violent. At its core, football is a violent sport. And right on cue, Theo Dorsey, how's your queen? Uh, she's okay. Okay. She hobbled back into the house. We got her on the walking scooter thing. Can and, we uh, tell people what happened, or do we want to keep that under wraps? I don't know. Wanna... We, we could talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She she broke her ankle. Okay. She broke her ankle. <laughs> and it's it's never good when you have to keep explaining to people. Yes, my fiance fell. Yeah. But she really did fall, all right? I do she like really what you fall. said in the text. You should just tell people you crossed her up. Yeah. <laughs> now, I was, un- her up. I was under the assumption that he wasn't joking. Yeah, no. That. Come on, man. Or that so, they went to the park to play basketball. Uh, and, he, and he really <laughs> crossed her over and, and he, she broke her ankle. He, yeah. He, he AI'd her. So, I do cross her in the kitchen, in the living room all the uh-huh. time. I hit her with a little one-two left to right. This wasn't that. This wasn't that. No. This wasn't that. That would be a badass story, though, that, actually. Wouldn't that? 
I mean, I, that would that, we should have just gone with that. Yeah. I don't think Ashley would have appreciated that. Though. Out of all the times I've broken her ankles metaphorically, this yeah, time she right. actually broke her ankle by right. falling and, and landing on it. So she's, she's going to be okay. We're going to get her back right. Now that you're here, though, uh, Theo, you want a little story time? I love stories. Okay. So let's go to pro football. Does talk. it rhyme? It does not rhyme. Ah. No, this is uh, more of a long-form informative uh, opinion piece uh, as opposed okay. to really a story. But I'll be reading to you, and I'll do it in a very soothing manner. That's nice. Mike Florio, last night, 9 o'clock, pro football talk, wrote the following, and here is the headline. NFLPA believes Tua Tungavailoa shouldn't have returned last week even if it was a back injury. Again, this posted just after 9 o'clock Eastern time yesterday. On the surface, the situation that emerged last Sunday involving Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa can seem complicated. After seeing Tua uh, stumble and nearly fall, was it a head injury or a back injury? The NFLPA believes it's far more simple than that. Per a source with knowledge of the union's thinking, even if it was a back injury, Tua should not have returned to action. Spinal cord injuries can be serious. Very serious. If Tua did indeed suffer a back injury that produced gross motor instability, why did the doctors allow him to return? When the NFLPA and the NFL interviewed Tua this week as part of the ongoing investigation, the union plans were told to ask Tua a very straightforward and direct question. If you told the doctors you injured your back, when they, what did they do to examine your back? It's possible there was no examination. It's possible that the examination may have included one or more flaws. Again, the goal is to steer the process away from a checklist for letting players continue to play and more toward an effort to evaluate players as patients, even if it means telling them they can't play. Doctors tell us all the time not to do certain things, and it's for our own good. In most situations, we're on our own when it comes to whether we will or won't comply. When it comes to football, there's much easier ways to ensure that the player complies with medical advice. The team and or the league simply tell him that he must comply. That is the opinion from Mike Flory of Pro Football Talk. So again, Cliff's Notes version of that. If there's any sort of gross motor instability from a player, a player should come off of the field. That's what the NFLPA wants to propose with the NFL. Also now, based off of what happened with Tua Tungavailoa last Sunday and then this past Thursday, if a doctor, a doctor no longer is going through a checklist, do you pass this test, do you pass this test, do you pass this test, it's I'm the doctor, I have the medical expertise, you're in my office, I'm saying you can no longer go play. That is what the NFLPA is going to propose and what Mike Florio wants to see happen. That's great. I'm all for player safety. But then it also it also begs the question, when we're talking about a billion-dollar industry, a billion-dollar sport where jobs are on the line, whether it's wins or losses because your best players are on the field and performing in the best situation to succeed – Where should the majority of the responsibility lie for an injured player? Should it be the doctor? Should it be the head coach? Should it be the actual player? Because we are talking about free will here as well. We are talking about a sport where, I mean, Theo, you've got to be tough to play it. You've got to have a high threshold for pain. 
You've got to have the ability to brush off something physical that's ailing you if you want to play the better part of a now 17-game season. Mm. There is a, hey, grin and bear it. Go out there, get the job done, and then go through the proper steps to get yourself ready for the next week. It seems like they want to take the NFLPA in conjunction with the NFL and Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, condoning it, want to take any of that say away from the player. Your initial thoughts to this piece from Mike Florio where the doctors are going to start treating the players as patients as opposed to being there to make sure they're passing various physical and mental tests. My first thoughts on that is it depends on whether we're going to prioritize player safety or if we're going to prioritize, you know, them being able to put themselves in harm's way, maybe against their own safety in order to get wins. Like, yes, it should be a player's right to choose or not if he's going to play, but I think sometimes the responsibility should lie more on the doctors or even the teams to protect players from themselves. Stone, you're you're a football player. You played quarterback for a team. How many guys are going to willingly sit out when they know it's up to them to play? I feel like every time players are going to say, yeah, let me play. For sure. The percentage is really small. And with that being said, that question being proposed, like there's an unwritten list and it would be doctor, player, head coach when it's really doctor, head coach, player. But yeah, anytime a player has the ability to get on the field, he's getting on the field. Yeah. It's plain and simple. I would say that the 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 person that has the last call or is in, or maybe like the guy that should be able to supersede everything should be the player only on the side of, hey... I don't feel comfortable playing. Like, so if Tua was like, if the doctor was like, he's good to go, if the team was like, he's good to go, but Tua was like, look, I was out cold just a few minutes ago. I stumbled back to the huddle. I don't think I should be playing in this game. I think Tua should be able to. The problem with that is how bad would it look on Tua to his teammates or to the press if that leaks out, if he's the one that made the decision not to come back to a game. And that's why I think that pressure See, on players, they'll continue to say yeah. That's why this isn't just as quick a fix as, right. oh, the doctor's going to treat him like a patient now and say, sorry, kid, going to wrap that up and we'll see you again in two weeks. Here's some Advil. Yeah. It's not going to work like that. This is still an industry that is dictated off of wins and losses. Contracts are determined off of performance. Performance is dictated off of being on the field. I am all for player safety, and I am horrified at what I saw Thursday night with Tua. That stuff is, if it doesn't make you feel queasy, if it doesn't make you feel ill, then you're not human. You don't have the capacity to feel. But also, I'm trying to live in a real-world scenario with all of this as well. You can't just say, oh, this person's suffering gross motor instability. They must come off the field because you know, other than a concussion, what could cause gross motor instability? An ankle injury, a leg injury, a rib injury, a shoulder injury, anything that's causing you to walk off balance, anything that's causing you to not be able to move in a fluid manner, that's gross motor instability by medical definition. So where are we drawing the line with this? I get the NFLPA wants to protect its players, and the NFLPA has big-time egg. I mean, probably an entire 12-pack of those extra-large eggs that come (laughs) in the pink foam container of Publix all over their face because they, in part hired the independent doctor that cleared Tua Sunday to go back against the Bills if indeed it was a head injury or cleared him physically 
to go back into that game, and then Thursday happened. The NFLPA is investigating its own mess that it created. So now they're going to emotionally overcorrect because they're trying to maintain some semblance of a reputation here. Some semblance of, a, oh yeah, we're, we're in it for the players. Even though they negotiated a 17th game into the new CBA. And they have a terrible, terrible system now for, for player discipline. Now they're going to say, oh, we're in it for the players and vastly overcorrect on this. And it's clear as day. And that's where I am trying to be sensitive to the players' cause physically after their career, but also try to be sensitive to the player in a sport that doesn't offer guaranteed contracts and less money than every other pro sport in this continent, an opportunity to make their bag, make their money, and do what is going to bring them the most money. And this is not going to help that, and it's not living in reality if we're going to start at any semblance of gross motor instability, pulling players off the field and treating them like patients as opposed to guides. I I just don't – I hear what you're saying on that end, but the point that I disagree with is I do think that the Dolphins screwed up on this one because it's it's clear and obvious that they could see what happened on Sunday. So you think Mike McDaniel? No, yeah, the well, Dolphins. By saying the Dolphins, Dolphins you yeah. say Mike McDaniel? Whoever made the decision, because it could have been above Mike McDaniel. Maybe I'm not. But Mike pinning McDaniel it on one person. came out and say, if Tua tells me he can go, he's gonna go. They that because was that's the job not, of a head coach because it's a win loss industry. That's it. You're right. They were trying to win football games, right? Mm-hmm. You saw the play. You saw the play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. What what did Tua hit on the play? I'm, what made him stop? I'm the Ken Lavica. Dopey-ass radio host. Okay. I am not Kevin right. so MD. I'm sorry that you don't have an MD. I guess well, your eyes not work because you didn't study? I do know that I've seen if plenty of people with nerve head. damage in their back, and boy, do they have a tough time standing on their own two damn feet. Yeah, right. So, okay, so it's a back issue, and that's an easy cop-out. And I get it. The point, the problem really <laughs> is that the rules were too loose. The problem really is that the protocols were too loose. So that's and not a Dolphins him. issue. It's not that's a Dolphins an issue, issue, but it's irresponsible of the Dolphins knowing that you're on a short week, knowing that you saw what we saw, and you know it's likely that he hit his head and it caused a concussion, and you try to get him back out there and you see the results. We could even you can play the process or play the results. Either way, it was irresponsible of the Dolphins okay. to have him out that there on Thursday. That is wild. I could not irresponsible. disagree more. I mean, I, it's irresponsible. I couldn't disagree more as well. But a few things, you know, I was look at what happened. I was on. Uh, you know, Ken said he couldn't speak on it. Well, I was on Josh Cohen and the home team Friday, so I sat and oh, the, the, con- the concussion expert. You know, so I feel like I am an MD <laughs> at this point because he just you know wait, took me through the neurological. He talked from about him? it. Wait, he has he has <laughs> post concussion issues. <laughs> I think so, and and he took me through medical school, and I learned that what happened was. Oh, oh then I'll go to my next point. I won't speak on that. Here, here's where here's where I think things you can listen get, to that on the podcast, yeah. ESPN, ESPN West. Well, if, today I'll if, talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's what here's where things month. get funny for me though. Let's 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 rewind the clock a little bit to last season, right? Remember Antonio Brown? He wanted himself off the field with his hamstring injury. The doctor had cleared him. Bruce Arian said, "No, you're playing because the doctor cleared you." So he couldn't necessarily take himself off the field. So it's not the Dolphins' fault because I think any player in any situation, if they're told that they can play, they're going to play. And we Bruce saw Antonio, trying yeah. to force Antonio Brown onto the field. Force and Antonio it. Brown said, screw that. I'm going to get in an Uber, and I'm going to release my new single. <laughs> that simple. After taking my shirt off. Well, we already that bleep know, on. We also know that Antonio Brown, what, what, what kind of got him there? 
what got him to the mind state that he's at today? I don't. We're not I don't talking about mindset. We're talking about his hamstring, and we're well, yeah, talking well, about the ability that. and whose decision well, you is to get up on the, the field. Making he made after. So, which did, was but but based on that logic, any player that takes a hit to the head should never play football again. No, that's not You're true. You're saying, but oh, maybe well, not he four days later hit. after he stumbled back to a hug. Irresponsibly wants to go back to the hit he took against the Ravens. Was right. it the Ravens we've early seen, in his career? We've seen so Ooh. many concussions over the past ten years. How many look like that one that we saw Thursday night? I've seen the fencing movement. To be honest, in the NFL, that, that's a trap question night. because we've probably seen it a million Whoa, times. But we get, but no, listen, because question. we get one replay of it, and then when he goes and throws the first down the next play, we and forget that we saw it. Even and because happen. it's two, if it's a linebacker, wow. or anybody, we're not. But saying, we're not, memory if, right if he now. stumbles, yeah, we're going to replay that to the point I'm we not know. But, about but I saw Cooper Rush whip his head back, but then he threw a first down, and we never saw the play again, or never thought about it. I'm not talking about Sundays. I'm talking about Thursday's concussion. How many times have you seen a guy laid out like that fencing? I've seen, again, we'll I've just, seen it plenty. When's the last time you saw that? Just as far as uh, probably two years ago. I can't remember. I think it was a college game. It's very irregular. It doesn't happen often, though we see concussions but, in the NFL often also, because also you don't suffer concussions okay. on but Sunday and then Thursday the fencing, back to back. But if you read anything about it, the fencing mechanism is not proof that it's any more of severe a concussion as a mild concussion. Well, maybe the fact that he couldn't move and then they had to cart him off this time. But that doesn't mean the diagnosis is any more severe. Cameron Bright last night. Just a couple night. minutes ago, you weren't an MD, but yeah. now you are. Oh. What the hell? No, because I actually read. I read. I read. I, read, as well, read. I, know I, read. That, I, know I can't that. diagnose it. Reading something and diagnosing diagnosing something are two vastly different things. Well, the doctor got fired, so obviously he messed up on it, too. So I guess I could have went in and and been the doctor. And I do want to address, you said people don't get concussions on Sunday than Thursdays. Now, that's a bold-faced lie because I guarantee you there are at least eight players... Uh, they get on, concussions on, every time. They get concussions yeah. on Sunday, then go play Thursday, then go play that next Saturday, Sunday. Like, of course, they're all getting concussions out there. So now it is just selective that we happen... For it to be two of the most popular quarterback in the league at the moment. Right. The most popular the most team divisive right now. person in the league gets a concussion, standalone Thursday night, and then Amazon Prime decides they're going to show the replay of him in the fencing position 16 times. Yeah. You're I, mad at Amazon Prime now. And, and now it's yeah, the Dolphins. No, that, was, that was wildly irresponsible Is as a broadcast entity. Absolutely. How's that Without question, Amazon Prime they failed. They did that. Failed miserably. How did they fail? We, we all saw it. it. We all saw if it. Where did they fail at? Theo, if somebody, it was Cine for um, watch uh, what you're in that London game yeah. um, Feel your eyes yesterday. Open. He broke his ankle. It turned, their first round pick, it yeah. turned 360 yeah. degrees. They did not show it 17 times. You're right. That was gross negligence on Amazon's part. I I, and so. I'm not saying they shouldn't have shown it, but to show it 16 times was a disgusting lack of judgment. And there's a reason when they came back from a commercial break, when finally the producer had to say, hey guys, enough. We're not doing that camera shot anymore. You didn't see it again. There's a reason for it. It's good that they stopped it, but I think the negligence more so, I think, is on the Dolphins for allowing Tua to get back out there after he clearly had a concussion on Sunday, too. All right, he's five ten, one eighty. He gets slammed on the ground by a big three sixty pound guy, and his head hits the turf again. And it's like, all right, what do we expect is going to keep happening? So what are you, what are what's your proposal then? Should we we expand rosters? You don't bring your quarterback back after he literally. I mean, but he passed every single medical test. Every single checklist, medical test. I, I mean, the problem, it's right. all there. The problem is with the protocol that the NFL has. It has obviously too many loopholes. But, then where's but the, the fact that you can just say in. you had a back injury when we clearly saw your head slam against the field, to me, but that doesn't it's mean a problem anything. with the pro- I'm not saying the Dolphins did anything wrong. I'm saying it was irresponsible. And, and the, it, but it so played you are. Out that I way. mean, it, it, irresponsible, irresponsible and wrong live in the same home. 
just because they live in the same home, they're not the same people. Now, now I did get this from the the show on Friday that I did agree with as far as when I was being schooled by the medical doctor. But <laughs> this is nobody's fault but our fault. Like, it was obvious to what was going to play. It was obvious anybody on the field is going to play coming off of an injury like that or an ankle, anything. It's our fault. Like, we demand that Tua gets on the field and makes our team 4 Why? Why I like shouldn't that. he play if he wasn't, if he didn't have a debilitating injury? Now, I, I agree. Therefore, I'm saying that it's not the Dolphins' fault. It's not Tua's fault. It's not Mike McDaniel's fault. It, it, it's our fault for obviously expecting this guy to play and him sensing no, that and saying, I'm going to no, play. No, no, I don't no take any blame fault. for this. This is the I, N- I mean, I do. No, 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 no. This is the NFL. This is the National Football League. This sport is predicated. It's not predicated on getting a ball across a goal line. It's not predicated upon kicking a ball through uprights. It's predicated on physical violence. It's not our fault. It's not Theo's fault. Theo's right. T- take me I'm out of not the conversation. In this. That- it's not Stone's <laughs> fault. It's not Josh Cohen's fault. It's not anybody's fault listening right now. The fault lays at the feet of this sport. Right. Of this sport. It's not even the NFL. It's the sport. It's inherently violent. So, again, we want these players to have the best quality of life. But also, we need to understand that this sport is predicated on violence and physicality. Okay? So, I'm hearing Theo talk about how it was irresponsible from the, from the Dolphins' perspective. And that's fine. That's not the first time I've heard it. In fact, in fact, and we'll see how feel, uh, Theo feels about this. Don't tell me it's... But Rex Ryan is in the same boat as Theo Dorsey. They're along the same wavelength here. Rex Ryan made sure everybody yesterday on NFL Countdown on ESPN knew how he would have handled the Tua Tungavailoa situation when he was coach of the Jets. And sometimes as a coach, you know what? You've got to protect the player from himself. And I had a simple philosophy as a coach. I treated every one of my players like they were my son. And that's all you have to do. And I can tell you this, all right? Would you put your son in back in that game when you saw it? Forget this back and ankle BS that, that we, we heard about. This is clearly from head trauma. That's it, a concussion. I know what it looks like. We all know what it looks like, all right? My answer is this. No way in hell I put my son back in that, uh, in that game. Mm. No way in hell. And you know what? No way in hell I put somebody else's son back out there either. Yeah. This is an epic fail, and it's a fail on the coach, too. And I'm going to say this, all right? The coach, you are the last line of defense, all right? The NFL does an amazing job of protecting our players. We've seen it since we heard about how dangerous concussions are, especially going down, you know, 30 years from now even. We see it in the, our equipment, how much better our equipment is, all right? We see it in the protocols, five medical people and all that stuff, but it did fail, all right, our game is a violent game and things. All right, we're looking for things. But as a coach, you are the last line of defense. And I'm sorry, but I'm not letting that guy back out there. I've had it before, all right, yeah. where a player has sat back and, and, hey, he's ready to go. No, he's not. I'm not putting you out there. Wow. So that's Rex Ryan. I know this is going to end poorly. Let me just ask you, Theo, how do you feel about feet? <laughs> so... So Stone has no idea he what doesn't we're know talking about, about. You don't know about Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan, uh, I, I I do, but I don't remember the feet make the him tingly. Quote. Yeah, he's okay. A, he's a big. There's no quote. It was yeah, it's yeah. a feeling. It's yeah. a feeling deep in his in his recesses. Well, that of he his had mind, said that. Right? He had a, no. He had a bunch of foot videos with his wife that yeah. got leaked. Did it get leaked or did he post them? 
Uh, I think he had a page or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I think it was actually posted. Yeah. Now it's funny, Rex Ryan. Um, <laughs> while you you visualize again, uh, Rex Ryan <laughs> licking someone's toe. Uh, this is the same guy who put out a book in 2011 and documented how every week in team meetings they would point out a dot. What's a dot? It's the player they wanted to knock out of the game via injury. Okay? So, Rex, <laughs> I knew this was going to end poorly like, with a guy like Rex Ryan. Rex, I appreciate the sentiment. It's very easy in a studio in Bristol to sit there and say, it's an epic fail. This is on the coach. Last line of defense. Brother, you were purposely, when you were employed as a coach, you were purposely trying to injure players. Okay? So don't give me that bull bleep. He didn't say the that's guys, what it is. He didn't say the guys on the other teams were his sons. Yeah, that's true. That, that's yeah. true. The guys who don't get a paycheck <laughs> from the organization he works for, not his sons. Good point. Do you know, so do you think legitimately that Mike McDaniel, and I know what he, he, what he has to say publicly is different than what he's probably feeling internally, but you don't think that Mike McDaniel – especially when he goes back and watches what happened Sunday against the Bills, and then he sees how it played out Thursday, he doesn't feel any sort of, oh, I made an irresponsible he decision might. here. He might, but I do you – You're numb to that Stone, stuff. You can, th- you can speak on this good. much better He's than I can. But just give an idea of what is going on with a head coach during the course of a game. Because it's not just oh, standing there and observing, standing there and observing. That position, that job in-game – is a million things happening at once. It's all X's and O's related. Like, when Tua goes down like that, it's immediately Mike McDaniel talking to all of his coordinators offensively, and he's like, hey, can Teddy handle the third downs yeah. that we have on the list? His mind can immediately Teddy, goes to Teddy. Can, yeah. can Teddy handle the the what we've seen as far as the blitzes they've been showing us? Can he handle what they're doing on the back end? And if some guy says yes, all right, then Tua's automatically out of your mind, and we're on to Teddy. Like, it's all X's and O's. Like You don't even speak that, to Tua. Yeah. You might have one or two sentences said to Tua in the locker room, but it is all X's and O's. you got to go on to the next thing. Like, there is so much going on that it's boom, boom, boom. Teddy's in. Time to roll. Get the defense going. Get my guys going. We're on the field. Next play. Next drive. You're right. And I'm not even – I think maybe my stance sounds like I am attacking the Dolphins or attacking Mike McDaniel. I think he did what most coaches in the NFL would oh. do. I think the Dolphins and even the medical examiner did what most would right. do. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying that they're different from any other team. I just know that – and maybe Mike McDaniel didn't see the replay. Maybe Tua really said it was just my back, and that's all the information he had, plus the doctor cleared him. But it just was – it's too clear for me watching it, and I get why they have to say what they're saying, that that looked like a head injury on Sunday – he, they trotted him out on a short week, and he got another head injury, and it was more severe, or at least it looked more severe, and those things what add I'm, up to be irresponsible. What I'm saying, though, is that it is more than realistically possible that Tua suffered a concussion against the Bills. The NFL's protocol was followed, agreed upon yeah. by the <laughs> NFLPA I love and the it. CBA with an NFLPA-hired doctor administering the test. Tua passes them all. They say, all right, well— Looks like everything's all there. Mike McDaniel, who's been trying to chart out his next offensive play after the defense gets a stop. The trainer comes up, says, hey, Tua passed the test. He's good. Mike McDaniel says, great. Tua's in the game. That's it. That is, 
I, I and I I know that there's this conspiracy theory, and I know that Josh Cohen keeps trying to tell me that it's going to come out that the, the Dolphins coerced or incentivized the independent doctor to put Tua out on the field. That is abject, unadulterated nonsense. Like it is, and I, I'm fine saying it because I've told him that in private. Okay, there, there ain't it's enough time nonsense. in the day. Nonsense. I am telling you, that is tin foil stuff. That's this election machine was was tainted by some Russian compromat, whatever. It's as simple as Mike McDaniel, somebody walking in his office, and it's, hey, Tua can't go, and it's Mike McDaniel saying, okay, thank you, and it's, hey, Tua can go, and he says, okay, thank yep. you. It ain't much more deep than I'm that. I'm not even, so I'm more disgusted. I know it's disappointing, <laughs> but that's probably all it is. It is. So the decision to bring him back Sunday, I can't, you know, whatever. You, he said it was a back injury. But for Mike McDaniel, I know you saw the video, and I know you knew the repercussions potentially between the Sunday game and the Thursday game. And for me still, I have to say, and I get why he has to say what he's saying publicly, and that's why they won't admit at all that there was any chance that that might have even been a hint of a head injury. Because if he does admit that, then he's admitting to his own compliance with putting two out there in danger. But again, I know for sure he's got to be looking back on that like that was an irresponsible decision. And now... You're going to likely lose Tua for maybe even more than a week when maybe if you sit him that Thursday, you never know. Well, maybe he heals fully from he, that concussion. I'll put it this way. You're a Chiefs fan. Good win last night. Appreciate it. Justin Reed, he left the game with a head injury, passed concussion protocols. Jog right back in. I, I hope back. you're, I hope you're, you're worried. I, I know that it's not Thursday, but I hope you're worried about his well-being, is worried about his well-being playing next week coming off of, of a head injury yeah. that all the concussion protocols passed. Uh, when he takes the field next week. I hope you keep that same energy. I 100% am, and if this happened to Patrick <laughs> Mahomes in the same way and it was a Sunday and a Thursday, I would be rooting as a Chiefs fan to not have Patrick Mahomes out there. And another thing about it is, too, as for Justin Reed as a safety, like he's he's going to be in, in danger's way a lot of times, but at least more so a, than a quarterback. Well, you say that, but how often is he getting slammed on the ground versus him being the one that's doing the hitting? I, you can have a concussion it, whether you're you administering the contact or taking is, the contact. There is no I think you have more of a chance no of, get, of concussing administering the contact than you do taking the contact. That's you're right. Without a doubt. You're right. So, hey, Justin Reed, hey, you know you're a little bit, you know, wobbly. <laughs> Take it easy back there, buddy. All right. You can't tell a quarterback to do that because there's 360-pound dudes chasing after him trying to slam him on the ground, which is what happened to him. I'm just curious because I want to rank in order whose input matters most when determining if an injured NFL player can or should play. This can be in-game. This can be coming into a game. But rank in order of whose input matters most when determining if an injured NFL player can or should play. The options are the doctor, the player, or the head coach. The doctor, the player, or the head coach. And I honestly think that it is it is pretty even between the doctor and the player. There needs to be a give and take. If we're going to start going as pro football talk, as Florio, as the NFLPA wants to propose, according to Florio, that the doctor's going to treat the player like a patient as opposed to administering tests to make sure he can go back onto the field, that doctor doesn't control this player's contract. That doctor doesn't control this player trying to set his family up and this player understanding the inherent physical risks of this sport, okay? I am all for player safety, but we need to be realistic about this. We're either playing professional football or we're watering this down to a point where we need to expand rosters to 80 on game day because we don't have any players left who have suffered from gross motor instability or... Are we willing to have tackle football? 
Are we willing to have tackle football with violence and injuries that happen? And maybe, just maybe, some guys are going to have to go out onto the field when they're not feeling physically capable because they want to and they have the will to be able to put themselves out there. I think it's even between the doctor and the player and then the head coach is a distant, I mean distant, I mean distant third. And Rex Ryan, I don't mean to bag on that guy, but for him to say, treat them like my sons, treat them like my sons. What a bunch of baloney that is when this guy wrote a book where he's talking about targeting players to put them out of the game. I don't want to hear it. That is complete nonsense, but it is easy from a table in Bristol to, and it's easy for us. It's easy for me. It's easy for you, Theo. It's easy for Stone to sit here in West Palm Beach, downtown, beautiful setting out there, sun shining, intercoastals, beautiful, see some yachts off in the distance for us to stand on this moral high horse, ride into town and say, how dare these teams kill these players. Their way of life is going to be destroyed. It's so easy because then the gang of public opinion will back us and we can get on social media and we say, told you, told you, told you. It's too dangerous. It's easy. We, we could all groupthink with one another. But this is a violent sport with violent tendencies that is based on violence. Yeah. And so that's where I'm trying to be as realistic as I can, also trying to be as sensitive as I can to players' physical health. You're, you're, being, you're trying to toe that line, but at the end of the day, too, I think that we are supposed to be able to hold them accountable for their actions, too. So it's okay for us to call them out when they do something that, I again, that I would say was irresponsible, and you would say it's still within the lines of the rules. So. What, what I'm saying is that we cannot have a sport now where the doctors are treating players like patients and making the ultimate decision with no input from the player, zero, you're my patient, here's the diagnosis, see you in three weeks. You can't have that and then keep the NFL as it currently is. You can't just have uh, inactives and actives. Your 53-man roster goes down uh, into the 40s on game day. You need to expand the rosters then. You need to give these people in this sport whose livelihoods depend on wins and losses an opportunity to win with more reinforcements. You can't have like the Bills who are on their fifth string corner that they just took off the practice squad. You need to start expanding them then. I'm fine. Player safety. Doctor makes the decision. Good. But the rules need to change. The amount of players available needs to change. The money needs to change in all of this as well. Yeah. So rank in order of whose input matters when determining if an injured NFL player can or should play. Your options are the doctor, the player, and the head coach. I think doctor and player or even head coach is way off in the distance. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. In order, rank whose input matters most when determining if an injured NFL player can or should play. Doctor, player, head coach. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. There's no way that Chua plays anytime the next two or three weeks, I would think. It it would be it would look bad. It would it would definitely be shocking because now it's not just that wasn't a back injury on Thursday. No, 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 no. Know, it was. And he's in concussion yeah. protocol. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that say there's a chance, and I'm not like, I don't know anything, but in a hypothetical, 
I mean, Stone, he could hypothetically pass concussion protocol this week. He won't. They're not going to play him against the Jets. There's no way. But what if we get it? Who's after the Jets? For the it Dolphins? Is the Vikings. The Vikings. So say you get to that point, and it's like, hey, two is good to go. Tua can play. But after everybody saw what happened yeah. Thursday night and the fencing posture and this massive public media driven, this is unsafe. The Dolphins screwed up. Everything is terrible. The sky is falling. It's an explosion. Everyone's going to die. And the sport, there's no way that the Dolphins can put them back out onto the field at least for three weeks, maybe a month. Because now they're not only, even if they follow the proper protocols and two is fine, this is the problem I'm having, is there's no way to come out of here not looking like you're doing something wrong if you're the Dolphins. Everybody's been so quick to pounce on them because you just always want to look for somebody to blame for this, for something that was so graphic and something that was so disturbing, you're looking for someone to blame that there's not a chance the Dolphins can play this guy for a month. Yeah, I, I can't see it happening particularly because of, like, if, let's say if Thursday night's incident happened in a vacuum and Sunday didn't happen right before, then yeah. But there's already too much, uh, you know, questioning of the Dolphins' decision-making. Plus, I mean, they're winnable games. Like, well, I mean, if, that's if, a really important part about all this, I if think. If you're a contender... Like, if you're purporting yourself to be a contender in the AFC as the Dolphins, you should be able to beat the Jets and the Vikings with Teddy Bridgewater, who was a starting quarterback last year for the, the Broncos. Chiefs, the Chiefs thought the Colts were, uh, were winnable. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. First off, you're, you're right. I, yeah. I have no excuse yeah. for that. That's, no, but Theo's right. If they did theoretically have the, let's go with the Bucks or the Chiefs, you know, following Minnesota, I think there would be more questions and we would be pushing to it a play, more so than they have the Steelers and Kenny Pickett after the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, I, Ooh, that's the third game. Yeah, it is. So I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm not trying to be insensitive to this. I get it. And CTE is a major, major, major terrifying problem that has afflicted way too many pro football players when there, are no, were, there were no rules. There were no safety precautions. All I'm saying is that you tighten up the concussion protocol and you keep the same energy for various injuries that can become debilitating. I mean, Jameis Winston, it was no more than two weeks ago when we were celebrating how tough this guy is with reported eight fractures in his back, and we're saying, my God, Jameis just wants it. <laughs> Cameron Bright last night, the Buccaneers got called for too many men on the field on a third down because Cameron Bright, after running into his own player, couldn't get off the field in a quick enough time. He was so hobbled after taking a shot. Where is Justin Reed was allowed back into a game after passing concussion protocol, just like Tua? So why are we nitpicking one and then we're letting the others pass? Because it looked like football, right? Tua's, it looked bad and it was graphic. These other ones, ah, just looked like football. So what are we doing here? If there's any gross motor instability, according to what the NFLPA, per Mike Florio, was going to propose is going to pull players now off the field, we're not going to have any players left. So what are we doing? Are we judging by what looks worse than another? What looks to be, uh, it's not, it, it, it's it's a violation of the senses compared to aesthetically pleasing because it's just football? Like, what are we doing in this spot? <laughs> This can't be left to the court of public opinion. No. Twitter, yeah. this should not be left to Twitter. <laughs> okay? Wait, but, but that's, tw- Twitter, I go there for everything. Uh, that's... 
Twitter is why Tua is not going to play for a month. Even if he's clearly good to go. It is. They're not going to be able to do it. I thought that was Prime Video's fault for showing it 10 times. Well, that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying from they should have shown the injury. Yes. But the 15, 16 times they showed it, that was wildly unnecessary. And any TV executive, any network executive would tell you the exact same thing. Who was the kid for Louisville that broke his leg in the NCAA tournament after falling off mm. of the... Uh, Kevin, Kevin Ware. Kevin Ware. Ware. They showed that maybe twice, as they should, and there was an outrage. Why would you ever show that? Listen, that is, I mean, that's part of sports and part of what happened. It tells a story. I agree you should see it. But there's a reason CBS didn't play it 17 times. It's the same thing with concussions. Oh, uh, gross motor instability from a shoulder injury? Oh, that's just football. Concussion? (gasps) But then when it comes to um, showing Tua on the field in the fencing position 16 times, if someone dislocates their knee and breaks their femur, Maybe you see that once or twice, if even at all. So where are we drawing the line with all of this? Where are it's we, inconsistent. Where are we drawing the line? Because let's look at the other side of the coin. If you're a safety and a running back goes out on a swing route and you completely level this cat with just shoulder, it's clean, no flag, we get that replay at least 40 times yeah. because we all want to go, oh, look at this nice head. Oh, look at this nice head. Damn, he blew him up. He blew him up. But because there was no flag thrown, because it didn't have anything to do with his head, which it probably did, you know, because he probably felt it. Like, of course, we're just going to see the replay 100 times. So uh, all I'm saying is there, this is not going to be a perfect fix. It's not. And fine, fix it. Bring in gross motor instability, taking players off the field, but you better start ex- expanding the rosters, and you better start paying more money. I love that. Because I am not going to blame a player for wanting to get back on the field when his production is what gets him money in a sport that pays less than any other sport in this continent in the Big Four. Okay? Yeah. Tua goes 4-0. I think he earns himself his bag. Beating yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Bills doesn't play that game, then so, you don't get your money. So I ask, mm. rank this in order of whose input matters most when determining if an injured NFL player can or should play. The doctor, the player, the head coach. In order of whose input matters most when determining if an injured NFL player can or should play. And keep in mind, Rex Ryan said the head coach is the last line of defense. Whose input matters most? The doctor, the player, or the head coach? 888 760-3776. Twitter's open at KLV1063. Let's start in Stuart with Shauna Ray. What's up, Shauna Ray? Hey, hey. How are y'all? I'm good, good. Um, I just literally left uh, the University of Miami Traumatic mm. Brain Institute um, for an appointment for myself. I'm a TBI survivor. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and, you know, I'm sure it's, I mean, I know I, I, it's ironic that, you know, obviously you guys were talking sure. about this and it's been, a, 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 you know, heavy on my heart. Um, and it's, you know, each player obviously has choices. But my biggest takeaway right now, it would be education, you know, for the doctors. I mean, my TBI doctor right now at the University of Miami said he was the only TBI doctor there. Like there's so really? there's such a yes, there's such oh. a lack of education huh. in the traumatic brain injury world that I just my heart is to go in that direction because sure. there's so many people um, that are that are really you know very ill and injured and and also 
the biggest injury, um, especially for permanent damage, is, you know, after the second one and very closely after the second one. And, you know, so sometimes, you know, just as long as the the player knows what they're getting into by, you know, saying, hey, listen, if you take another blunt to the head, you know, in one week, you know, there, there's, there's, there's more significant consequences in that than, you know, giving it time in between. That's, and obviously I'm that's no doctor. That's Shona Ray, that is extremely interesting. Like a, you know, and, and players every year go through education about the new rules changes in the NFL. And here's the points of emphasis. Me as a media member, when I covered the Dolphins, Shona Ray, we would meet with an NFL official before every season. So we would get educated. But you're right. I don't know. I'd have to look, but I would doubt that this happens where NFL players, a, an actual Traumatic brain injury specialist is brought in and says, hey, here's what's at stake after this injury, if it happens in this amount of time after the initial injury. Can I ask you real quick, Sean Rain, you can you can absolutely say no here, but uh, do you do you um, have uh, regular symptoms? I'm assuming that uh, you've seen a TBI doctor, you have suffered from something. Do you still suffer symptoms from said injury? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, a lot, he just said to me literally right now, um, you know, I am a little bit one of the rare ones. I'm in the 10% category, but, and my injury was nothing like, you know, these guys, yeah. but it, nevertheless, you don't know how um, it's going to affect you. And, you know, some people heal, heal rather quickly, um, but, you know, it just, it, 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 you never know, you know. And so, yes, I, I suffer from migraines every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much wake up feeling hungover and I don't mm-hmm. drink anymore because mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm kind of in that state of like uh, fog with, with memory, uh, memory issues. I have trouble speaking sometimes like, you know, I when I that's why I didn't want to call because I get stumbly and no, you've and done a great but, job. Thank you. Um, it's it's it, and I, I could list. There's been mood changes. Um, sure. There's a whole level of psych that needs to be considered. And I just my biggest thing is 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 education because a lot you know they call it the silent epidemic and you know people are losing their minds over it kind of thing. You know too. You know sure. and so it's. It's not, you know, there's things that you can do like these, these, uh, you know, the medical guys on the field can, there's certain supplements you can have like glutamine or glutamine, I might be saying it wrong, which is like a cream that you can rub on the back of the neck that helps inflammation immediately. Interesting. You know, that's like one of the biggest things, you know, you need to get that inflammation off. Well, it's hard to reduce inflammation in the brain without going into like a hyperbaric chamber. And when are you going to do that on the field? Right. You know, but you could have that in your medical kit and, and, and sit it out for the rest of the game type of thing. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's just, there's a thing called um, concussion rescue that I highly recommend everyone <clears throat> to read or listen to on audio, whatever the case may be. But it has a lot of that natural type of, of remedies, you know, to help with things like that, especially at the onset. That sure. is the key. Uh, this was uh, extremely informative, and and we are we are hoping that you continue to get help and 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 feel better, Thank and the you. rehab continues to go well. But I I am uh, really really impressed because it's not something I thought of. And Sean Ray, appreciate the call. Like these guys should absolutely be getting extensive. It's one thing to hear oh CTE 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 read about it, but to then 
get extensive education on, hey, this is what happens if you do put yourself out there. Um, that's important. Uh, these guys don't a, – a good majority of NFL players, I would suspect, uh, concussions are part of the deal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I so mean, maybe that's a fact. This helps them make said decision if they're properly educated on it. That's nothing wrong with that. But do you think that, like, people that – It might know, not change anything. Do you think the NFL wants players to be fully educated on that? That's the question you kind of have to well, ask. Well, they say they care about player safety. The NFLPA, if they're going to if they're going to sit here and say, we care about our players, even though, again, they added a 17th game to the schedule, um, they they would want players educated. But I see what you're saying. They don't want players they, educated. Really? I, I hear you, and I also agree with Ken that I don't think it would change anything if they knew the extent of what could happen. Like, yeah. I don't think guys sit out more games because of it. Or if they do, the number's really small. And also, guys are still, like, think about NFL players. Those are guys that are still young and feel invincible, and they're, like, they've been prime athletes their whole career, so I can I can get why for them, even if they did hear all of that. They're like, okay, but well, that won't happen to me. Jamal Adams said on a press conference he's, he's willing to die on the field. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys, their mindsets probably wouldn't change, but it would be good to be informed. Well, and I pulled up the Jeff Brom XFL uh, yeah. the sideline interview. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case you wanted to play. It, okay. But... Uh, yeah, let's get to that because it, it is actually something you had tweeted a couple of weeks ago, and I uh, I did not uh, – I looked at it, and I totally forgot it happened. Jeff Brom played <laughs> – I forget what X- – this is the first iteration of the XFL. Yeah. Very first. Jeff Brom, who's now Purdue head coach, uh, he was a star at Louisville under Howard Schnellenberger. He was in the XFL. He suffered uh, a hit in the first half. I mean – he got blown up. If you look at the highlight, I mean, he got blown up, blown, blown up. I mean, up. not good. Head-to-head, everything. They did, there was no rules there. So he came out of the locker room, and the sideline reporter asked him, you okay? You going to play in the second half? And here is his response. Ron, how in the world are you starting this game tonight after taking that hit just six days ago? Well, let me answer, let me answer that question by asking you two questions. One, is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. I bet they ate that up. Cutting his own promo, his own wrestling promo. That was kind of tough. Tom in the XFL. <laughs> I can't See, lie. That's that what tough. I'm saying. That like, tough. we want player safety. But then the, the I think the common football fan hears that still in 2022, and they're like, oh, sweet God. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. Just yeah. banging their face through their plate glass window. Uh, I also don't recommend doing that. Yeah, not, not good. Fan time. safety. Don't bang your face through a window. Uh, Tony in West Palm. What's up, Tony? What up, y'all? What up? I'm going to go doctor, um, doctor, player, head coach. Okay. I was, I was kind of between the head coach, uh, player thing. Because, yo, LeVic, I'm sure you can remember Ronnie Lott, right? Yep. Cut off his finger. What, what, what the, yeah. I mean, I'm going to cut his finger off on that. But realistically, as far as Tua goes, and well, that clip that y'all just played, I mean, that shouldn't be a motivation. For, it, it sounds good, but if y'all was no. really listening to my man, no, I know. he got his brain kind I know. of Yeah, you yeah. have a brain issue if you think that that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, like at that moment, he was messed up. But, yo, not for nothing, uh, yeah, you know, with the tour situation, look, it, it would have moved. Like, Mike McDaniels, right, he has, to, he has to look at that scenario, right, and be like, look, win or lose. Does it really hurt us at the end of the day? Because right now y'all lost, right? And y'all still on top of the AFC. Right. You feel me? Like, it could, he could have definitely sat him out, let him chill for that Thursday, whatever, get to Sunday, 
feel him, you know, feel how how it's going. Then get him on some video games with Kyler Murray or something for for the week and let him chill. You know what I'm saying? And because yo, they put him out there. If y'all saw that game, it was the Dolphins against a bunch of zebras in the in, in the safari. They were just coming for for <laughs> for, for, for Tua. You know what I mean? Like yo, a sonic boom happened when 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 Tua got dropped. You know what I mean? Like it was that was bad. That was bad. That was not a good look. And realistically, we gotta look at the NFL and remember. Yo, the medical staff, they probably be doing the same thing that Trump be doing with his taxes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just hiding like stuff. oh, he got a back in, uh, a back in, uh, a back and foot injury. But, um, yeah, I got to review this yourselves because we don't really know. <laughs> like, 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 seriously. Yeah. But, yo, peace, yeah. One love. Tony, appreciate you. I, I, it, does, it does speak to, and again, I had no problem with Tua playing Thursday. Because I trusted what Mike McDaniel was being told. I trusted that he was practicing fine. And again, he passed every test. So who am I, dopey Ken Levicka, to say, oh, keep him off the field. But for moving forward, Theo, you make a good point. Like the schedule moving forward. Also, with the court of public opinion, mm. we ain't seeing that young man until November. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he can... Uh... You're going to go trick-or-treating? You will not have seen Tua yet. Also, Mike McDaniel... <laughs> Talking about how he was watching the, the movie afterwards when, when it's very common knowledge you're not supposed to be like looking at screens soon after concussions. I'm I, like, I've he botched that a little well, bit. Well, I've seen different. No, I've come s- on, Karen. I've seen, uh, I'm not mad at it. I'm just saying he's botched <laughs> it. He Karen, botched it. Karen. Right now, we he are fighting the court of public opinion, and he botched that but one. We, he, he knows he did. So when I first read that, I was like, uh You're not supposed to do that. But I also have read, again, that that is dated science, mm. dated medicine, and that at a certain a certain level on a screen, like a brightness level, you're totally fine with that. Okay, you're so, right. And I just like people still think careful. you can't fly after a concussion, Stone. After how many times in your college career did you get on a plane and like ten of your teammates had suffered concussions in the game and nobody thought twice, like whoop, does it go up in the air? That's a not, thing. Not even a thought. That's why I thought How it was so home? ridiculous. <laughs> I thought it was so ridiculous where people were like, they're letting to a fly. People, if you haven't worked in football, you just don't know. You just don't get it. I can't tell you over the years with flying with FAU how many times guy goes down in the second quarter, we don't see him again, and then he's sitting in row four B when we get on the <laughs> when we get on the plane. Like, just, come on, man. Just as bad with ACLs. You what do you give a kid a couple of painkillers and you put him in a brace and you wheel him onto the plane right. and off we go. Right. I mean, like, what yeah. else are you gonna do? You're gonna put him in a twenty four hour car ride Call from Cincinnati up the doctor, to Miami? Schedule a surgery for Tuesday? Like that's that's how it goes, <laughs> that man. That is how it that's goes. That's legit how it goes. That's that's the real part of football, okay? That's like living in real life with it. Uh, I rank in order of whose input matters most when determining if an injured NFL player can or should play. The doctor, the player, the head coach. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 1063.